everyone. Welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And make sure you stick around for our exclusive listen to The Matchmaking CEO by Layla Hagen, um, the audiobook in partnership with Lyric Audiobooks. Um, Leah is super excited for today's episode. I am very excited because the last time you got to chat with this specific person, I was sick. So I did not get to tank, like talk to her. I just trolled the chat. You did troll the chat. Um, but Heather, shout out to Heather. She was not sad that, I mean, she was sad that you were sick, but not sad that you she were- She was not sad that I was sick. Unavailable. Um, so on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are going to be joined by author Kennedy Mitchell. Um, and for the sisters of the secret society of suspense, this author is all for you. Mm -hmm. Um, do you want to read her bio for us? Yes. Kennedy lives in Dallas, Texas with her husband, eight-year-old son, and two golden doodles. A bookworm at heart, Kennedy loves to snuggle up in bed or by the campfire with an unputdown of a book. Her novels are stuffed full of humorous banter, the edge of your seat suspense, and enough steam for a great facial. If you like your heroine's strong yet vulnerable and sexy tattooed heroes who can't keep their hands off their leading ladies, then this is the author. Then this author is one for you. Um, okay, so to the interview. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Kennedy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. We are so excited. We had such a great time chatting with you in your happy hour live that we did earlier this fall. Yes. And um, we were, you were like, yeah, I want to come do the podcast. We're like, yes, come hang out yes. with us. I love it. It's so much fun. Y'all have such great energy and your excitement about books and reading and, and all of this is so much fun. And I love hanging out with fellow readers. Well, thank well, you. We love talking to authors who are excited to come and hang out with us. And also <laughs> yeah. like Heather got to talk to you last time. And so I was a little bit bitter at her about that. Because <laughs> that's what made me think about it whenever I was asking you about how you're feeling. Because last mm -hmm. time I think you had, that's whenever I was on, it was like in August. Yeah. That's yeah. when, you had, that's when you we had sick. COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, yeah. I'm sick again. So apparently it's just anytime we're going to be I'm hanging sorry. out with you. <laughs> I'll, stop hanging, I'll stop signing up. Oh no. It's those no. stinky kids. It's stinky it is. Now. Actually, Ugh. the COVID was the husband's fault, but Damn this time husbands. it's the kids' fault. Yeah. Um, we but again, we are so excited to have you back and to get to chat with you. Um, you are a favorite of the community. They love your mm -hmm. romantic suspense. Oh, I've been teasing you. Leah and a couple of our other listeners that are part of the community that they have this secret romantic suspense society. Mm, it's not really a secret though yeah but no joke becky said it the first time and i thought of selma blair from the cruel intentions movie like doing yes. a secret society dance yeah which a lot of people won't understand what i'm talking <laughs> about because that totally dates me it does but... no no i whenever i think about that movie all i can think about is the escalator where she's going mm. up or going down and ryan flippy standing at the top uh-huh oh yeah like that's the best part of the movie that is such a good movie yeah that is a great again. movie yeah um okay so let's take a minute for those that aren't familiar with who kennedy mitchell is uh let's get to know you a little bit so why an author what inspired you because being an author it's not easy <laughs> yeah yeah so 
Um, I've always had these crazy stories in my head. You know, whenever we're out and about and I see something happen, I'm like, well, what if they were an assassin? How would this <laughs> turn out differently? You know, or like, uh, like I'll see someone like in my book, Mind to Protect. The prologue actually happened to me. I was in Estes Park with my family. I was sitting there reading a book. My husband and son were off, you know, uh, playing in a creek. And a guy walks up to me and asks me for some help with his daughter in the restroom. Because, you know, it was male and female restrooms. And, and I guess his wife wasn't there. And it turned out, of course, I didn't die, like, um, in the prologue of uh, Mind to Protect. Um, but uh, I, I thought, I was like, well, what if he's a bad guy? What if he's a serial killer? You know, and so, but that's my thoughts all the time. So why I became an author is because I finally found out that I really enjoy putting it to paper mm -hmm. and making these characters more than just, you know, some random person in my mind. I love putting backstories to them and why they feel the way they do and implementing, you know, pieces of my life in there too. So, um, but I, I really started writing because my husband travels a hundred percent. So he, in, when I first started writing, my son was like two years old. And, um, once I put my son down at night, there was nothing to do. You know, I was reading a lot. I was watching some TV, but ultimately I just, I wanted something else to do, you know, to kind of fill that gap while he was mm -hmm. home. I think it's hard too, as a mom, like you need something that's yours mm -hmm. for, you know, even if it's something you have to do, that's after hours, you know, once yes. child baby goes to sleep, something that's just solely for you. And for me, that was reading. Like mm -hmm. I'm not an yes. author. Lee and I always like to tell people we will fix your words. But we cannot write. <laughs> the we will words. not be writing your words. <laughs> um, but I, for me, it was reading. And actually, I struggled a little bit when my kids, like I didn't mind doing bed story time. Yeah, But when it became time that the kids needed to do like the little readers that come home in kindergarten and first grade yeah. and stuff, I struggled because that started to kind of interlope <laughs> into yes, my reading time. time. Yes, but and you're allowed it. You're allowed after a long day of being on for everyone else. You're allowed to have that, that time. I remember that time too, like or whenever um, he wouldn't go to bed as quickly and it was taking forever for him to fall yes, asleep and i'm like the worst you're going to sleep you're, you're like, going to sleep now like you yeah. can lay in bed for an hour awake that's fine but yeah I have you're, something. you're encroaching on the me time yeah yeah and i romance is my escape and you yes. know just like being an author it's your thing it's personal now it yeah. becomes a part you know because people will balk like how do you read so many books um i don't know I don't yeah. really have much of a life, but also, um, it's for me. Yeah. And what you just said is exactly it. Even as an author, the escape piece, when mm -hmm. I'm writing, I'm in a completely different world. I mean, obviously all my books are fiction, you know, I mean, this is not happening in real life anywhere, but in my head it is. And I get to put to pen to paper, you know, of this whole different society these whole different people that I created and I get to make them do whatever I want them to do and um, reading is the same way is that I get to for a few hours get to not have to deal with everything that's going on the moment I step away from that book mm -hmm. right 
So you went with romantic suspense, but you mm-hmm. easily could have just wrote thrillers or mm-hmm. political intrigue. Instead, you went romantic suspense. Yes. Why gravitate towards the romance instead of, you know, because genre fiction, thrillers and political intrigue and such like that, you know, are cash grabs. There is a, there's a much bigger audience that is acceptable, quote unquote. Y'all hear the sarcasm in my voice. Um, (laughs) That Read those. But you went with romantic suspense, which is niched. First you got romance and now you went romantic suspense. So what was the choice yeah. to go with the HEA versus, yeah, just a You story. know, um, I, I grew up reading mystery and thrillers. So Mary Higgins Clark was what my oh, mom. I love her books. Yes. She, uh, it's what I grew up on. We would mm-hmm. go to the library. She would have uh, Mary Higgins Clark's latest book, you know, in hardback on hold at the library. This, as soon as she was, you know, on the list. And then she would pass it to me and I would read it. And then I started kind of getting into um, Sandra Brown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so she's a little bit, she's just in the same genre, but spicier. Um, and then um, I really, what really got me into romance was Colleen Hoover. I read Hopeless and was just like, wow, you can have, it's not just, it's not just about the, the, the couple. Um, you know, there's so much more that goes into a romance novel, the backstory of why they do the things they do, why they say the things that they say and why they react. And um, so Colleen Hoover really kind of pulled me into the romance side of it really hardcore. But um, I love reading stories where there's that kind of push and pull between the main characters, but it's pulling them in the same direction towards each other. Mm-hmm. But I love outside forces of pulling them apart or something keeping them from having that happily ever after, you know, in chapter two. Yeah. Um, and it just so happens that I write serial killers really well. So <laughs> they uh, come into play to play a lot. You yeah. do. And honestly, the first time I read one of your serial killer books, I was like, I have never read a book in the romance genre that took this like direction. And I was yeah. I was all for it. Yes. Yeah. And it, the series definitely took some time to catch on. Mind to Protect released in 2019. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't start to catch on until, um, you know, Mind to Save released. And then I started releasing them pretty quickly after that. And yeah, after that, people, as soon as someone said, it was a blogger, she, um, she was one of my friends. She was like, think Criminal Minds with an X rating. And mm-hmm. people ate it up after that. I was like, yeah. Thank you for putting it to words. But I it's very true though. Now that yeah, like I wouldn't I like, have thought that because I just was really drawn to the stories in general. But yeah, it yeah. totally is. Yeah. So I was like, that's exactly what it is. And so I do have a unique, I have some other series that, you know, Bodyguard or Political mm-hmm. Romantic Suspense and things like that, that are kind of more passion projects. Um, but the production series is one of those things where I'm, I keep on coming back to it. Like I already have... Um, book seven on the books I actually talked to my PR team today and we're I'll probably release in September or October of 23 so um I just I love I mean the books are long they're they don't like feel long though yeah but I have to build up that I love building up the relationship with people for one um, and two you have to build up the who who is it and you know of course you have to also have to have like time to build up the body count <laughs> Right. That's true. 
Right. I mean, they can't all just happen in the first chapter. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been a, such a fun series to write for sure. Well, and it <laughs> has potential to just be, you know, that much more because, you know, you can change locations and yes. bring in new team members if you have to, or, uh-huh. you know, yes. well, and one thing I love about that series is it's, you can start anywhere and you can kind of jump yeah. around you can machete the series which i am a firm yeah. believer in not doing that and it stresses me out but it's i community will do service, it Leah. community <laughs> service yes that's what you keep telling me but that is one where you can machete it and like yeah not have an issue yeah <laughs> you're yeah. so crazy <laughs> i'm not the crazy service. one you're the crazy one who doesn't so read tell things people, in order i purposely read things out of order so if you yeah. are because selling me a, a book <laughs> if you're so selling she's the me the next character in one of my books okay, i could be right, i could be it could be with a um, machete if you sell yes. me if you sell me a book as a standalone even if it's an interconnected standalone but yeah. you're telling me this book stands alone mm-hmm. then i feel that as a reviewer as my podcast you know com- for my community then i should be able to read it individually as a standalone and so sometimes yeah. I pick up book nine in a 14 book series mm-hmm. to tell you whether or not it stands on its own. Yeah. And honestly, don't hate me, Leah. Um, I do the same thing too, because I'll like, I'll <laughs> see an ad on Facebook, Facebook ads. I mean, just get me every time. I so mean, they, I am a sucker for them. I, half of my phone is full of just screenshots. screenshots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it'll like be an ad for book nine in a series, but for some reason that couple attracts me right then. Like there's something about like he's a broken hero and she's gonna save him or something. You know, I'm like, oh, I need that right now in my life. And so it might be book nine, and then they're like, Hey, if you enjoy this book, you should read from the beginning. I'm like, Okay, okay. I think I will. <laughs> so Facebook ads get me all the time. And I was so naive. So I was late to the Facebook game. I'm just, and I'm late to the book blogging and to the bookstagram, but I've been a lifelong reader. But I was a library reader. And for seven mm-hmm. years, I couldn't yeah. afford to buy a book. So I got everything through my library. And luckily, I have an amazing library system. Amazing. And I'm very I mean, jealous of it. Like 50,000 romance titles to choose from and all varieties. But it was a Facebook ad for a book. And I was like, oh, I'm going to request this at my library. Right. And my librarian is like, we we can't get you an e-copy of this book. And I'm like, I don't understand. She's like, I can get a paperback. I was like, I read on my nook. Don't don't make fun, Leah. I'm like, I read on my nook. And she's like, yeah, I know. She goes, but it's part of a program that doesn't allow us to have access. It's exclusive to Amazon. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So... That's when I first found Kindle Unlimited, but it was not until 2000, like late 2018. And I started yeah. book four of, uh-huh. um, oh, it's the Winter Family Saga. What's her? Ivy Lane. Oh, Ivy Lane. Because she okay. has like these amazing Facebook ads. She does yes. have good Facebook and ads. And she makes yeah. you read like that book right then. Like you see it because- <laughs> I came across an ad the other day. I for will her. say when I found her, I did not read her in order because well, I saw an ad for one of her books the other right? day. There's and proof. 
she's, you know, switched the ad up, obviously, because it's an older book. And I was like, I don't think I've read this book. So I click on it. I've read that book. <laughs> I own that book. But it was just don't such a dynamic Whenever ad. you you go to download a book it, off a Facebook ad, and you're like, dude, that looks so amazing. And you go, you put it in your Kindle or Nook, and yeah. you click on it, and it says 99% read. And you're like, damn. I, I just... I just go I've back to book one it. and reread it. Oh yeah, that's smart. Um, I do own yeah. a Kindle now. We are all safe. Okay. I, I went to Kindle now, um, but I was I was late to the party. Hey, that's all right. I was a little late. I think I'm on my fourth or fifth Kindle now. Oh, oh I yeah. buy mine them. Keep, mine like keep dying. Like I yeah. rent them out. <laughs> Leah, yeah. like she I take like, mine. I need to buy one. I'm like I need to buy another one. Yeah, I take mine camping, and I think the cold. Like when we're, it's out and I'm like outside and by the fire, like the mm-hmm. cold kind of well, just kills them super fast. I take, to go to the pool and mine overheats mm. on the regular. Oh yeah. So. I now own a backup. Well, I actually have two backups Mark. now because the I will cry. <laughs> it yeah. Stops Do you not read on your phone? Like on the Kindle app? I can't, to be honest. Like I was just saying this today. Kindle for me was a lifesaver. I started in Nook and I for whatever reason progressed i've now yeah. progressed over to kindle i had reasons for going with nook initially and it they're now not sound um but um if i read on my phone or on an ipad the blue lights trigger uh ocular migraines for me oh but it took me almost a year and a half of going to the doctor and being like my eyes will just start like seeing colors and spheres yes. and twitches and they're like well, you've got migraines. What are you using that's triggering? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not doing yeah. anything differently. Yeah. It was the hours of reading on blue light. Yeah, and I don't have yeah. the backup Kindle because I can read on my phone or my yeah. iPad. I'm old. In, in my the eyes time, are old. Yeah. In the time it takes to ship to me. I can see I'm starting to find it's not my eyes, it's my hand. I guess because my phone's so heavy and I use the pop you get socket. Like a- you get like a cramp my, of your thumb. It's my hand. Like I, my hands uh-huh. are starting to cramp up well, in here. You know, there's I have like massage iPhone. Balls I thought it was from typing. No, it's from reading on my You know, phone. there's iPhone, there's like phone finger. Like oh, yeah. people have to get physical therapy for it because yeah. like, your pinky is. Oh, from holding it like that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have that. Just no. relax your hands but, and like put your fingers together. See this kind before of I started using like, I have like weird like, shaped hands anyway. <laughs> before I started using massage like massage balls like in the car to massage all this, uh-huh. my fingers were like that yeah. for my pop socket. Like and I was like, that's disturbing. Everybody's gonna be like, like "What are you all talking about?" I will take I know, pictures. They can't see us. I will put them. <laughs> I will put them on uh, the social the media. Kennedy's doing this. <laughs> um, okay, so Kennedy. Anyway. Take yes. us through a typical day for you of writing. What is yeah. writing? Because you're an indie author who works at home, who has a child and a family and dogs and yes. chaos. So take us through a and typical chaos. take us through a typical yeah. day for you when you're yeah, in writing so, mode. Yeah. So um, uh, my son goes to school pretty far away. He's in a small little tiny school that he's been at since pre UK. So um, I actually, um, t- it's an hour. So, um, it's 30 minutes there, 30 minutes home. And then, so once I'm finally home from dropping him off at school, I sit down and write my best writing time is in the morning. So from about nine o'clock until, you know, around noon, I just sit down and write and I 
turn off all social media. I turn everything off. I have, you know, my handwritten notes on the side, like for the book that's coming up in December, like I wrote, you know, some notes. I'm like, what happened to the cat? Because I realized like halfway through the book, I ditched a kitten and I'm like, oh, got to remember to write that in later, you know? So I have like all these handwritten notes everywhere. And um, so yeah, so I mostly do that. And then I try to work out and then go right back to writing until it's time to pick up my son. Because as soon as he's home, I turn everything off. I, mm. I get some of my social media stuff done then because he comes home and he's watching TV or playing Nintendo, but at least I'm on the couch with him then. And I'm not back mm. in my office. Like, cause I actually have to write with either white noise or classical music. I cannot have anyone talking to me. My husband will walk in sometimes when he's working from home and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing now. <laughs> Isn't it the worst? Like, I love my husband, but for two years he worked from home while, uh-huh. you know, during COVID and all yeah. that. Well, it wasn't two years, it was like nine months. And then he had Mondays and Fridays it felt home. like two years. <laughs> and then he would have Mondays and Fridays home. And now he's in the office five days a week. Oh, nice. So happy. Yeah. yeah. I so, so I guess I just said earlier, my husband used to travel 100%, but now ever since the world has changed, it's more like Tuesday through Thursday. So mm-hmm. Fridays, he'll walk in and be like, you want to go to lunch? I'm like, uh, no, but you can bring me back lunch. I would <laughs> love a taco. Like, <laughs> I'm like, please just leave me alone. Like, it's not even like when I'm writing like sex scenes, it is straight up. Just like, in general. Yeah, because a lot of my books have banter. They have a lot of it. I don't have a whole lot of internal thoughts. It's a lot of dialogue. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm in the mood, like I can just knock that out super fast. And I'm like laughing at myself. I think I'm hilarious. And then he walks in and I'm like, well, okay. So they're dead now. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. My husband, I I was working the one day and I was doing an edit for an author. And I was like in the zone, like, really like getting to the book mm-hmm. and he's trying to have a conversation with me. I'm like, yeah. can you not see that I am working? And right. he got mad at me because I would oh, yeah. not answer his question. I'm like, you came down to my, my corner space. Cause I'm in the yeah. back corner of our basement. I'm like you came into my space asking me questions when you knew I was busy. Yeah. And then you have the audacity to get mad at me about it. Well, and sh- especially as an editor, because you're trying to pay attention to, uh, Mm-hmm. But it, I can't say the word continuality or uh, continuity. continuity. Yeah, continuity. Yeah, yes, yeah. So <laughs> like, make sure that the same thing. Like, I got my edits back for the December edit for the December release this week, and she was like, "Hey, FYI, you said they were married 13 years in the prologue, and somehow they've now been married 20 towards the middle of the book." She's like, mm-hmm. "Hey, you got to pay attention to stuff." I'm like, "Well, that's why I have you." Right? Exactly. <laughs> I edited a book once where they started in uh, the Pacific Northwest, Uh like the book like opens in the Pacific Northwest. By chapter four, we're in downtown Atlanta. Nobody took a plane. Did we get on a plane? Nobody got in a car. We didn't ride a horse. There was no bicycles. They rode a horse. Nobody did anything. It just somehow we went from being in Seattle to now we live to in Atlanta. downtown Atlanta. It was like a wormhole. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there was a wormhole. Yeah. No, it was. My it favorite was, is whenever my editor comes back, she's like, uh, Kennedy, this man does not have four hands. This scene cannot happen. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, can I toss in another guy? She's like, you cannot randomly toss in another guy right now. I'm like, okay. 
Okay. I mean, you I'll could, take extra but hands. it's not that kind of book. Katie yeah. Robert exactly. has sex Barbies. She keeps what? she keeps a set of Barbies on her desk so that when she's describing a scene, she puts them in that position to make sure it's it brilliant. works. It's brilliant. So, mm-hmm. just so you know. So, I've just now added Barbies to my Amazon. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> Barbies are going to show up at your house this week and your husband's going to be like, what? Yeah, he's like, now I know you're into some kinky stuff, babe, but come <laughs> on. Barbies. Yeah, she calls them her sex Barbies. Just to make sure forehands are not needed. Yes. Um. So what was the inspiration to publish that first book? So you've written these stories, they're in your head, mm-hmm. but it's a different step to go from writing to hitting publish. Yeah. Um, I have some really supportive friends. Um, my husband didn't understand it at first. Um, and I guess for the longest time too, it was kind of more of a hobby, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. something that I was really doing hardcore to make money. I mean, I was losing money as most authors do, you know, those are first few books. And, um, but my best friends were like, dude, you should publish this. You should try it. Because honestly, up until I started writing and started sending them chapters, I thought everyone made up crazy stories in their mind. I really thought that that was normal. And, um, apparently it's not that (laughs) I'm the weird one that, you know, looks at something and, you know, thinks something different could happen instead of what reality is. Um, and then I found out about, uh, you know, KDP doing, being able to do indie publishing that way. And it it was, uh, actually my first book, I published it. And then last year, I think it was, I unpublished it because I had someone, one of my really close friends and she's a proofreader. Now she was reading it. She was like, babe, I would have never thought this was your book. You need to pull it <laughs> because I mean, it was just so, it wasn't bad. It was just my first book, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, I had a lot to learn. That's not uncommon though. It's not, there's been a few authors in the past, probably three or four years who have pulled their old books and reworked yeah. them. Yeah. And this one was a contemporary romance. It was just truly, so what, at the time, my husband and I were not in a really good spot, like just fighting a lot. And so I used these, this couple as a way to kind of vent and fight through and work out a lot of our fights that we were having at the Mm -hmm. time. Um, At the time I was working, you know, 60 hours a week in a very male dominated industry. And, um, you know, so that kind of caused a little bit of rift and he was gone all the time. So I, I actually worked out a lot of our fights by the couple on the page fighting. Mm-hmm. And so in that book, a lot of the fights were things that we had thought about and um, no idea how I got off on this tangent and why I pulled my personal life so far into this. <laughs> I blame it on the line. Um, but yeah, so I, it definitely, the personal side of it you know, really comes into to all that for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that there is a growing process. Writing is a skill. Writing, it's just like mm-hmm. running a marathon. You aren't going to go out and be like, today I run a marathon yes. and go and run 26 miles. You're not, you're I not love doing that, that analogy. And instead, it's true. you have to build up. You have to keep building. Yeah. And it's, you know, there are times as a reader 
we will have times we read a book and it feels like sometimes this author phoned this in, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was an easy book to write. Yeah. And so you, you just, you got to keep pushing yourself and keep practicing and finding what works for you. And sometimes you're not running the same mile that you ran that very first time you went out there. Yeah. It runs faster now. You know, you've built up new skills. You know how to do banter better. And I like the fact that like you can see an author's growth as you read a book because we had read an an author and I read probably one of her like first We read the very first book. The very first book. It wasn't bad. It wasn't Mm -hmm. great. But then I recently read some of her new stuff and she like- it was a really dynamic book and I could not put it down. And had yeah. I can like, had I read probably four or five of her first few books, I don't think I would have ever picked her up again, but there were a couple of people in my secret society that were raving about these stories. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go back into them and see what they're talking about. And I was like, Hmm, I'm so happy. I gave her another chance because you can see yeah. like how far she has come since that first book. Yeah, it definitely is. And and I love that marathon analogy because I mean, now I used to think that it was just about the story. And mm-hmm. now whenever I write, I'm looking at sentence structure, Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, or how many times I use the word just in a single chapter or exclamation points. Like there, I, I only allow myself like two in an entire book. Mm-hmm. Like when before it was like every other sentence someone was yelling with an exclamation point yeah. and um yeah so it's it's, it's and finesse. That, that also is fun it's finesse it's form it's you yes. know that's, I always tell new authors that you know write that first book writing the first book is incredibly difficult yeah but then you know what goes into getting to that first the yes. end and then you're gonna write the next yeah. one it's gonna feel a little bit easier a little yes. bit different um so what part of the book, so what part of any book, I guess, yeah. was there one title that is the hardest for you to write? Let's do that. What title yeah. was the hardest for you to write? Oh, man. I would say, um, I, would, I would say the series that, that, that just released, The Guarded by the Marshal, Cherished by the Agent, and then the one that's releasing in December. And it's not just because um, uh, they, they were closely released together. It's it, it's a little branch off. It's not as dark as my mm-hmm. thrillers. So um, it, it's a little lighter. And I found that incredibly hard. And that sounds so terrible. But um, there there's there's no serial killers. There's no, a lot. there's not a lot, there's danger in it because it's still suspense, but it mm-hmm. is heavy on the, the romance. It is heavy on uh, the couple side of it. Um, they're basically like running from danger. So it's a witness protection series. So someone out of the couple is in the witness protection, uh, you know, kind of area. So um, it's, it's one of those where they're still running for something, but it's not immediate danger. So mm-hmm. that, that I found that really hard to write because I was like, all right, so chapter two, and now who There's dies? no dead bodies. No one. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do now? You know? Um, so I really had to get to dig deep into the relationship side of it because mm-hmm. there was no other <laughs> side influences that were really pulling them together. 
I had to mm-hmm. make it really emotional and I'm not an emotional person. Um, I, yeah, I'm just, I, I can write it and I can feel it, but I'm just like in general, like I just, I'm not a very like, you know, or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Becky's the same way. I like to refer to her as a robot. Yeah. yeah. I I'm not crying. Like anymore. I will cry at a book and Becky's yeah. like, no, no, no. Um, so when you, what part of the book is the hardest part for you to write? So is it the, that dark moment? Is it just getting started? Is it when they connect and meet? What or does part it depend of on the book? So, uh, it, is it yes, the ending? It's, it's a part in the book. It's, it's word count 25,000 to 55,000. It's the middle of it. That is just kind of like, specific. like <laughs> it is in every single time. It's like, oh my God, like I have to get through this because I, usually at the 55 to 60 mark it's like at the peak and mm-hmm. now it's like all everything that I've built up to is about to happen like mm-hmm. everything like it's a snowball effect from you know chapter 13 till 30 you know shit's getting real down right <laughs> you know so up here you know on the other side it's just that build up of, and it, I think it's because there's so many details that go into it especially with my protection series of making sure that I'm hiding someone in plain sight, you know, Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, And then building up to making, you know, keeping that intrigue until we can get to that pivotal point when everyone's like, now I cannot put it down. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a very, very specific on word count? (laughs) Is there a part of your books that you have the most fun writing? Um. I, it's a banter. I, I really love writing good, you know, back and forth. And I think it's because that's what my husband and I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're constantly just uh, kind of not one-upping each other, but it's it's fun. You know, we've, you know, kind of gone through some rough times and now we're in a really good spot and mm-hmm. it's just, everything's clicking. And so I, I love putting that on, on, paper of whenever couples communicate but also do it in a really fun way mm-hmm. yeah um so you have a ton of characters is there one character that you relate to the most of all that you've written is there one yeah. that you're like okay yep that's a lot of me in that character or this is the kind I of thing there's I a little do. bit of me in all of them and I think the character that I want to be the most though is Elliot in Covert Vengeance. She's like Harley Quinn, but with CIA training. And uh, <laughs> like she just loves grenades and blowing things up, and she can just handle her own. And she puts Navy SEALs in their place. And um, she's someone that I, and she has a really tragic backstory that's not mine, but it's definitely it built up to who she is. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved her character. She's so gritty, yet once you kind of get past that that hard exterior, she's super vulnerable, but she doesn't have anyone to open up to. So I wouldn't say that I'm the same way as she is. I mean, obviously I don't have any grenades, um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's someone that I would most did. want to be. <laughs> I was going to say, and her husband sleeps safer at night. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I totally relate to that. We call, like, we have, our children are teens, almost adults now, and yeah. we're, it's like second marriage almost. Like, yeah. we don't fight about important things anymore. Yeah. It's all the dumb stuff now. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Like, who has to cook dinner? <laughs> oh my gosh. My husband will ask me that sometimes. I'm like, um, I'm cooking mayonnaise and it's the Mexican food restaurant down the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> I'll pick it up. Well, my husband tonight, he was like, hey, do you want to cook? And I was like, yep. What kind of pizza am I ordering? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's me. Um, okay. You have an exceptionally large backlist. If someone is just now finding you as an author, where would you have them start? What is the mm-hmm. best representation of you as an author currently? Um, I would say if you're into darker serial killers, you know, that kind of thing, definitely the protection series is mine to protect. If you're into the um, lighter side of romantic suspense where, um, you know, the, the relationship is, is, is 50-50 with the suspense side, um, then I would definitely say my newest series um, that started that starts with Guarded by the Marshall, and that's the Witness Protection. It has a small town feel, so all four books are um, around a group of friends that are in this small town in West Texas. So it's fun. Okay. Um, so what is next? This is our shout yeah. out to Shauna. Um, thank you so much for reminding me. <laughs> you have a book coming out this month. This episode is dropping on December the 5th. So okay. what, 20 days yeah. later? Yeah. So December 26th, uh, it is, um, saved by the officers. It's book three in my new series, the witness protection. Um, it is, uh, the heroine is actually the one in witness protection. She found out some things about her husband in New York and she takes her and her daughter and put and makes uh, the marshals and the FBI uh, put them into witness protection while they're trying to indict her husband. Um, and then she gets put next door to two very, two very hot um, officers. So it is an MFM. And um, really high um, heat level, but, you know, with that, uh, definitely a lot of suspense in there. Um, and then it also, ha- you know, has the happily ever after at the end too. So it is a standalone. All books in this series are standalones. So this is your second MFM this year. Now mm-hmm. the first one you wrote, it, it ends a little different than some people yes. would, would anticipate, but it was yes. okay because of the way it worked out. And yeah. the, there might be more from from the other yes. uh-huh. um what why did you decide to go that route with these two books so you know what this year i've been in a total reverse harem kick <laughs> <laughs> so that's what i've been reading a lot and i just wanted to kind of change it up a little bit i mean it's it's a fun it's a different aspect of it and i feel mm-hmm. like as the world is growing on what they're accepting um outside of the romance world Mm -hmm. you know um I feel like that kind of relationship isn't as far-fetched as it would have been four Uh to five years ago not at all and and, and I love that is becoming more mainstream yeah Yeah. and you don't have to be a part of a cult you know (laughs) it's like uh um it's it's uh And it's fun to write because after, you know, when you're writing so many books where you feel like you're getting into a rut and that is the last thing I want for my readers, because that's the last thing I want to do is see as a reader that Mm -hmm. I'm reading an author that I love and I'm reading, going through their backlist and I'm like, 
okay, I know what's going to happen on in chapter 13 now. I know what's going to happen because they're following like a formula. And so adding that MFM aspect in it really kind of shakes things up for me. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to write and because um, there's a lot of moving parts in it. No pun intended, but it's, um, it's, um, my editor is not a fan of it because she's like, dude, that, that person's not even in the scene. I'm like, Oh my bad. <laughs> you know, she has like all these comments of having the correct things, but, um, cause I lose track of some people, but it's, it's been a really fun, you know, change for mm-hmm. sure. Well, it's okay to spice things up. I think it also allows you to explore your craft and, you know, to try different things and see what works. Yeah. Yeah. And to see what my readers want to. So in Mind of Love, the MFM that Leah mentioned, and then the one that's releasing in December, Saved by the Officers, there's no MM. It mm-hmm. is just a straight MFM. Um, and so I've pulled my reader group and I've asked if people want, would be interested in the MM aspect of it too. And people are interested in it, but I, I have to, I, it's like kind of one of those, that, that fine edge. I don't want to push people too far. Like because mm-hmm. romantic suspense readers are typically, um, you know, not conservative in a way, but they're not really in it to see just the spice. Um, a yeah. lot of the romantic suspense readers, they, they, they read the romantic suspense for the drama, not the drama, the, the intensity that's behind mm-hmm. it too. Yeah. And so I don't want to make it too spicy and too just about the couple that I lose what I like to read too. And that's the, the suspense side. Yeah. And I think one romantic suspense, Leah calls me a romantic suspense snob. You um, are. Because I you have are. very high expectations when it comes yes. to romantic suspense. Because I do think that there are some lines and there are some authors there are a lot of romantic suspense authors that really write military romance. Mm-hmm. And at times it can feel slightly fetish towards mm-hmm. military heroes or mm-hmm. heroines. And I don't always love that. That's not really my kitsch. And I need something that's a little more thriller aspect, drama aspect, yeah. but enough steam that you kept my romance heart engaged. Yes, And it can be harder to find that balance and to find authors that give me what I'm looking for. And so Leah is just like, you're such a picky bitch. I'm like, yeah, well, thank you. You're welcome. But you know what, as I've started writing and as readers, you know, are continuing or read as much as we do now. Um, thank you. Kendall Unlimited for right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, is I, I'm being really picky as a reader. I'll, I won't read a, I don't enjoy reading books that aren't in first person. I can't engage and connect with the characters as well. And that is why my books are written in uh, first person as well. So, um, and honestly, in romantic suspense, uh, that's, that's uh, traditional romantic suspense is written in third person. And yeah. so fi- readers that start reading me and they see that I'm first person, they either love it or hate it, you know? And so that that is definitely, <laughs> and add in the thriller and add in, you know, the serial mm-hmm. killer aspect of it. I am in a very niche aspect of it. And that's another reason why I wanted to branch out with this new series that came up this fall is adding in a little bit more of the fluffy, the fluffier, the romance Mm -hmm. side, not so dark, 
not so thriller, um, well, just to kind of let to introduce new readers to to my writing style. Yeah. Right, because they get to know you like through these Guarded by the Marshall, the Marshall mm-hmm. series. And then they're like, oh, I really like how she writes. I like how her characters are. I'm engaged. And then they're going to go back and they're going to look at your backlist and yes. pick up more things to read. And I think it's okay. I like when an author stretches themselves a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. I like when an author says, hey, I've been writing rom-com for the last, you know, six years. Now yeah. I really want to try something that's a little more steeped in emotion and a little, I love that. Give it to me. Yeah. Let me try it because I'm engaged in your writing style. I'm already one clicking on your books. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my, I like when an author is willing to challenge themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but that's okay. And, yeah. And, and sometimes readers love it. And sometimes readers hate it mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that is hard because whenever you poured yourself into a book and you're like you've you know, done all this and then come to find out it's not what your readers want and so that is a hard part in being an author is listening to what your readers want but also listening to yourself and what you want to write mm-hmm. it's a very fine balance um i wrote a series it was a five book series that no reader asked for um, people don't still don't ask for it. Um, <laughs> and I, I wrote it because I had this one character in mind and I wanted her to become the president of the United States. And okay, so but I wrote that's the series of yours that I've read. Yeah. And cause I'm just starting on garden of the Marshall. I haven't even done the spicy criminal minds books yet, Yeah, but I read your political book with the female president. I yeah. loved them. I thought yes. they were great. And yeah. I'm a huge Aaron Sorkin fan and like uh-huh. Newsroom and West Wing and all those yeah. kinds of shows. And it has that vibe. It has that banter and the walk and talk and all of that kind I of stuff. I loved that book. I love Randy and Trey. Uh, I loved all the side characters. I loved everything about it. But that was my no intro to you. That was my intro to you was those. I love it. Thank you so much for reading it. See, that is like the one series of yours that I haven't read. (laughs) I know, but that's what I mean. Like, and it's just so funny. But as an author, you know, I now have a backlist, right? So now if you find something that you love, like the protection series, but you read the, you know, blurb for power play series, the political one, and you're like, that's not (laughs) it. But you see my bodyguard series you're like yes I can read that so it's it's having a large backlist is one of those things that definitely helps um really draw in different readers to me as an author but I also with your backlist though there's a variety too like I I'm not reading the same style of book every time I delve into it right and every once in a while you'll just give me one point of view and it might make me a little ragey but I'll still read it (laughs) and really enjoy it but that was the uh, more than a threat series it is and yeah, i mean i wouldn't be upset if casey weston showed up on my kindle in his voice oh, someday soon hint, hint. I but i will say like i i think mad props and respect for you for mm-hmm. not playing into fan service for I not agree. saying oh these sell i know that my readers are going to read these they're going to buy them I'm just going to keep writing like this and writing these books. Yeah. 
it shows well, thank that you. you're willing hard. to push your craft. And that's the other thing too, is <clears throat> being an author is being an artist. You, mm-hmm. yeah. it's a craft and no one, no one is going to go now and stand over, you know, Michelangelo's shoulder and be like, dude, his dick should have been bigger in the David. Nobody's doing that. <laughs> I don't know. But it's it should have been. <laughs> it should have been. I mean, maybe they were smaller then. Um, who knows? cold. But I'm just, I just think that as a reader, I, I feel like you get mad props for writing the books you, you. feel mm-hmm. called to write instead of playing to fan service because Leah and I are petty betties. And when we read a book <laughs> we are. that We're feels like it is nothing but fan service, it makes us ragey. We're yeah. like dead to us. We are, this is dead <laughs> to us. We're done. Like we get kind of crazy. Now we don't really ever stick to it because we're yes. just nuts like that. But if we send well, a book to be fan service, we will hold a grudge for a good two or three months, though. Well, oh, yeah. and some a little longer. <laughs> uh, just like um, I still won't read. Uh, who who is the author that wrote um, the Divergent series? Oh, uh, Ava. Um, oh. I don't know. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Yes, yeah. I put that book down. I was like, never again. I'm freaking dead. Yeah. Apparently Kennedy's in our petty betty like circle. Yeah. We are embracing the petty betty. We have this whole theory now, like yeah. because we are petty betties about like book talk. Um yeah. we oh, have an intense a other, that's a whole other conversation. We have an intense yeah. just like we're gonna do a whole episode on Leah and Becky's hot takes of twenty twenty two. I like it. <laughs> basically an excuse for us a full bottle of wine yeah basically an excuse for us to just air all of our grievances in the book world book festivus Mm. 2022 we actually do have an event for our community that we call book festivus where everybody can come in that one one is like no holds bar like they'll name names like on the podcast we won't name names names. that's good we we are professional ish (laughs) I mean, anyway, uh, Saved by the Officers, it is book three in the Marshall series, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, that releases on December 26th. But you yes. can get Guarded by the Marshall. Mm-hmm. And then what's the second book? Cherished by the Agent. Cherished by the Agent. And those are available now wherever you get books, right? Those aren't Kindle exclusives. Uh, no, those are actually, I moved them over to KU. So oh. they release why like the friday before and then on monday i i really sit into ku okay so um guarded by the marshal and cherished by the agent are both in ku um and then um once on the 26th saved by the officers will be in ku okay uh Mm -hmm. kennedy thank you so much for coming on and joining us for this episode we were so thank you so much for having me i love you guys y'all are so awesome (laughs) anytime (laughs) I just wanted to give a little shout out. We are currently nominating our top community read of 2022. We are looking for you to tell us what is your top read this year that was published between December 2021 and November 2022. Nominations Mm -hmm. go until December the 9th, and then we will start voting on the 10th. And we will announce the community best read with our contributors on our Christmas Day episode. Mm -hmm. Because... 
we are doing a little bit extra this year for the end of we're so extra all the time <laughs> we really are and people don't realize it until we start planning stuff right um okay so now we are going to listen mm -hmm. to an exclusive clip from matchmaking the matchmaking ceo by layla matchmaking hagan. the ceo oh matchmaking the ceo by layla hagan in partnership with Lyric Audiobooks, narrated by Emma Wilder and Jacob Morgan. Oh, Jacob Morgan. <laughs> okay. Betty burst through my door a minute later. Yes, I said curtly. Betty was not a gossip. I wouldn't tolerate that. But I was sure this correspondence got her interest up. Did you see the email from your grandmother? Yes. She seemed positively panicked. And who is going to tell her that she's made a mistake? I groaned. It's not a mistake. Oh, so Ms. Natalie is your... She's my nothing, I replied. She's my grandmother's event planner. Her 90th birthday will take place on the property. Okay, got it. And she's going to stay there the whole weekend? No, just one night. Betty grinned. You really can't say no to your grandmother, can you? I groaned again. I wouldn't be in this position if I could. Why do you look so happy about it? Because sometimes there are rumors going around the office. She lowered her voice theatrically. That you're a robot. This proves that you are human after all. Betty, you know how I feel about gossip, and I have my hands full. Oh, I know. Because when your hands are full, mine are too. And guess what? That happens all the time. She threw up her hands. Fine, I'll make the arrangements. I wonder if Ms. Natalie is attractive. It doesn't matter, I said. I beg to differ. I should probably warn her that she should have thick skin, Betty said, talking more to herself. Betty, I'm going, I'm going. Oh, I can't wait to see how this will play out. I heard her say as she left my office. I opened Ben's email, shaking my head. Betty was taking her humor a step too far, but I had a soft spot for her. I met her when I saw her son get into a biking accident. I stopped the car to check if he was okay and ended up going with them to the ER. It turned out she was in need of a job and I was an assistant short, so I'd hired her. That was five years ago and I was still very happy with my choice. Betty reminded me of my mother in some ways. In others, she was a pain in my ass. A few seconds later, I received an alert that my calendar had been updated. Flight to Martha's Vineyard was now flight with Natalie to Martha's Vineyard. Game on, grandmother. I was excited to meet Jeannie's grandson. I wanted to ask him a bit more about his grandmother. Sometimes it helped to hear other people's opinion about a person. It could round out my image of her so I knew what made her tick and could deliver the best 90th birthday party ever. I didn't have my carry-on with me because the steward had informed me he was taking care of transferring it directly to the private flight. I loved all the attention and could totally get used to traveling like this. Ready, ma'am? The steward asked when I returned to the lounge. Yes. I followed him through the narrow corridor leading to a staircase, and we went down one level. There was only one flight that seemed to be operating from here. Another steward stood behind the boarding gate. I was alone. Is Mr. Whitley already on the plane? I asked. No, he disembarked for a moment. He'll be here shortly. 
I went to the gate, glancing around. I wasn't used to this luxury, and I felt out of place. I played with the pendant at my neck, looking down at my flat shoes. They were bright red, and thankfully still in good condition. I could be very hard on my shoes. I smelled him first, a subtle but poignant scent of leather, wood, and ocean. Mr. Whitley, the steward straightened as if he were military standing to attention. I looked up to see Jake, and my knees instantly turned to mush. I'd never, ever had such a reaction to a man, not once in my thirty years. The suit he was wearing fit him like a glove. It was classy and looked very expensive. It was simple, dark blue, matched with Oxford shoes that were polished to a solid shine. Everything about him screamed perfection. His dark hair was ravished, but in a way that made him look sexy and put together at the same time. His blue eyes were trained on me and something told me he didn't like what he was seeing. I, on the other hand, couldn't even open my mouth to introduce myself. I was too stunned by Jake. It was like I was meeting a movie star, or royalty. I'd never seen anyone carry himself with such confidence. Ms. Natalie Summers, I presume, he said. Oh, that voice. The timbre was firm and sensual at the same time, but he seemed to be displeased by the mere fact that I was here, and still I couldn't shake off my stupor. Yes, great to meet you. That's it, girl. Pull it together. You're a professional. You read this. I read this book. It doesn't even get... So that's their meeting, but it's not the full meeting. This is so good. Like, Jacob sounds like him. Emma totally embraces her, like, kind of shy, nervous Twitter. This is such a great... I think I love Betty, though. Oh, Betty's a hoot, but Grandma's even better. Just is wait she? till you meet Grandma. <laughs> um, but this audiobook sound, this is the characters. This encapsulates... Honestly, buy this audiobook. Read this book. It's so good. You know I'm a Layla Hagen fan. Like, I love you her are. stuff. This, is, this has been on my Kindle for a while since you said you read it. I just, it's, it's so one good. of those things, like, I just haven't gotten to it yet. It's so good. <laughs> oh, and, oh, okay. And I'm probably buying an audiobook. <laughs> honest, honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I would re-listen to this and Jacob Morgan. It is available now in Lyric Audio offers audiobook production services to some of the best indie romance authors. You can find out more about Lyric Audiobooks at lyricaudiobooks.com. I'm really excited because I definitely am going to read this and then listen to it. I'll, I'll just do both, like one after the other. Just all of it together. Okay, <laughs> just Leah, all of it. it's that time. <laughs> it's that time for book, book of, of the week. week. What was your book of the week? So I was very lucky. Um, author Lauren Blakely sent me an advanced listener copy of Turn Me On. And uh, it is a male male romance about a baseball player and his agent. It is super spicy um, with really great dynamic characters. 
the character of Zane Archer, he is so much more than just a jock. He's like this really caring, considerate guy. He's looking for marketing partnership, which is why the agent piece comes in. He's trying to expand his reach because his goal is to start a, um, he's only 25. The character of Maddox, the agent is like 33 or 34. Um, so a little bit of an age gap. They're definitely in different places in their lives, but mm-hmm. Zane realizes that his baseball time could be limited. You know, injuries happen and he really is trying to make as much money as he can while his name is still hot so that he can p- create a college fund for his niece. But there's this amazing bow tie scene and Ooh. pictures. It's so like, also he's like this really great teammate, which we don't always get in sports romances. Sometimes it's so singular, like on the relationship of the romance that we don't always well, see what a good a friend lot of times he is. We'll see, like a lot of times we'll see like, they're kind of an asshole. Like they're these cocky jerks who like think that yeah. they're like hot stuff. Zane is like a really great teammate and friend. <sighs> and I liked that too. Um, this book is a total <laughs> smoke show. And the audiobook features Teddy Hamilton, who we all know I'm in love with, and Jacob Morgan. So, mm. and that released on Friday, December the 2nd. So everybody should listen to that. Leah, what's your book of the week? So I was in another reading slump this week because, <laughs> as you can hear, I got sick again in my house or like a sick weekend. So I actually went into some backlist work by Catherine Cowles. I read Beautifully Broken Life and Beautifully Broken Spirit, among many, many other things. But these two really stood out because they just, I really love this series. Like it's emotional and like I needed a really emotional book like in the moment. And I just, she just writes such a dynamic story. She really does. But yeah. I like that series. It was so good. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, so quick Patreon update. We are sitting at 38 Patreons. We totally appreciate our Patreon supporters and would not be able to bring you the podcast without them. We currently have four open tiers on Patreon. Those start as low as $5 a month, include membership to Drunk Book Club and other exclusive content like Should I Read It and Buzzing After Dark. Our first goal is always to reach 40 Patreon members. Once we reach that, we will host the most epic of giveaways. Um, our ultimate goal is to be 500 Patreon members strong so that uh, Lee and I could quit day jobs and just work on podcasting full time. Um, Tis the dream. And one <laughs> of the perks of Patreon is our drunk book club. And I am so excited to one, everybody now has to read this book that I've, we've been telling them for a year to read. Uh-huh. And also, um, it's one of our most favorite humans is the author and joining yes. us. So December's Drunk Book Club is the amazing and wonderful Krista Sandor. And we are going to be reading Not Your Average Vixen, which has one of the funniest <laughs> scenes in a romance book. So funny. Like, I will not shut up about it. So <clears throat> be prepared, so people. And um, Krista is, is chaos and we love her and lovely. we're so excited for it. Uh, you can find a list of all of our upcoming dates, including Drunk Book Club, Happy Hour, Plot a Book, and Reading Challenges at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash events. The current challenge that we're hosting right now is the Clear the TBR Challenge. And mm-hmm. we want to help you read the books off your TBR. 
<clears throat> so in honor of the last few weeks of 2022, we're working hard to clear those TBRs and also add a bunch of books to it, but that's a moot point. Um, there are multiple ways to work your way through this challenge. This event runs from October 24th to December 31st. So we are going strong. We have several group lead reads planned and you can find that list on the website along with working on your goal <coughs> you of what you would like to read before the end of 2022. And you can find details at bookcaseandcoffee.com backslash 2022 clear the TBR backslash. And our and next, next group, group read... read I'm excited about this one. French Kiss by Lauren Landish. It's been on my Kindle for a hot minute and I'm excited to check it out. I do like Lauren Landish. So mm -hmm. this should be fun. Should be. Um, everyone, I hope you have a great day. And until next time. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.